The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing where we are striving each and every week to give you the information and inspiration you need to start or grow your real estate investing business. And I have a super exciting announcement for folks who are here in the greater Cincinnati area. The Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati is holding its annual trade show on May the 12th. That's right. It's a Saturday. It's an all-day trade show for the first time in Cincinnati Rea's history. We're going to spend all day long bringing together local investors, flippers, note buyers, rehabbers, uh, and the folks who service them. Uh, already, we've got over 25 uh, local and national vendors signed up who do everything from loan money to uh, provide IRA services, to do title work, be attorneys, CPAs, all sorts of folks that uh, you need to meet if you are in the real estate investing world. This event is free for attendees, and you can get more information at CincinnatiRIA.com if you have a product or service that you think attendees who own or want to own real estate ought to know about. You need to send us an email at askvina at gmail.com to get more information about how you can get one of the remaining tables. Also at this event, there will be a special guest speaker, Mr. Landlord Jeffrey Taylor, coming to us all the way from Virginia to talk about the best ways to get and keep great tenants. So it's going to be an exciting day. I'm excited about it. Can you tell? CincinnatiRia.com for more information. Today is uh, one of our series of interviews that we call X-Factor Investor Interviews. It's where we don't talk so much about how to do real estate about like the basics or the strategies, but talk more about uh, what it is that makes people who have made it in real estate, who have gotten to the point where the rest of us want to be and just sort of finding out like, what is it that got them there? Uh, what, what characteristics, what habits, what philosophies, what things that they read or do or uh, something that is different from uh, folks who are still struggling to get to that level. And uh, my X-Factor investor guest today is going to be a name that is familiar to many folks. It's Larry Goins, who is an author, trainer, national speaker, podcast host, radio show host, hard money lender, wholesaler. Uh, Larry, have I missed anything 
in your in your <laughs> resume of things. <laughs> well, yeah, it's that's enough. Right. I just don't know if I don't just don't know if it's everything. <laughs> and uh, um, you know, you're 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 a you're a busy busy guy. And uh, you know, I've been following your career over the course of the last oh, probably fifteen years uh, since since back when you were you you were president of the Metrolina Rea Group. In, yeah, that's right. In, in Charlotte, like 2003 and 2004. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Wow. And uh, um, you've had a lot of irons in the fire during that time. And I know your business has evolved. I know there's there's been things that have kind of fallen to the wayside as the market changed, and and some are, some of those are coming back, but some of it has changed. So let's let's start just by talking a little bit about what your business has been uh, since you got started in real estate. Wow. Well, Vina, I want I want to tell everybody my very first deal was an FHA non-qualifying assumable loan. <laughs> I put down like $1,000 and took over an FHA loan and rented that house out for years and then actually I sold it on a wrap. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, with financing. So that was my very first deal and, and they stopped making those loans in like the late 70s. There were a few of them still left in the 80s. And and that first deal, I bought it, and I believe it was 1986 mm-hmm. was when I bought that deal. I, re- so I remember those. Ago. I remember those those fondly. It was it, <laughs> <laughs> FHA and VA both had non qualifying assumability on their loans for many years, and uh, it made it really easy for uh, first time investors or first time home buyers. Uh, to just step in on somebody else's loan, and I was so sad when they took that away. Yeah, no, no credit check or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it was like it was you so had to you easy. had to send a check for like forty seven dollars to <laughs> to FHA yeah, transfer fee. Right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But that was my very first deal, and you know, and then I thought, well, I need to get I need to get my real estate license, so I got my real estate license, and then I got my general contractor's license, and built a house and lost a lot of money on it. And, uh, you know, it was my first deal. And and then just through trial and error, see, back then there weren't any RIA groups, mm-hmm. you know, like Cincinnati RIA. There weren't any RIA groups out there. And, you know, you were kind of learning by trial and error. There were no podcasts, no radio shows, hardly. And, you know, the only thing is it was really the seminar business was just kind of getting started, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you kind of I just immersed myself, and you know, as I got as I got started doing a few deals and got more successful, I would, you know, hire people to train me and buy courses and go to seminars myself, and you know, and now there's not a whole lot in real estate I haven't done. I've done, done retailing, seller financing, fix and flips. I've owned mobile home parks. You know, I've owned two mobile home parks. My first and last. Mm-hmm. But I've done, uh, I've, I've, I've owned multifamily, I've owned Shoney's restaurants, I've owned Dollar General stores, and not a whole lot I haven't done, but I do like to focus on wholesaling, and I do seller financing and lease options, and that's kind of what my focus is on. And we do a lot of hard money lending as well. Mm-hmm. My wife handles that, though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Larry, we're going to have to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to share with listeners lots of stuff about 
how you've been able to do so, so much during your real estate career, what regrets you might have about that, habits that you've developed for your success, and a lot more. If you have any questions for Larry Goins, our phone number here in the studio is 877-772-9658. You can also send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. It's X Factor Investor Day, a segment that we do every month with a real life real estate investor who has um, kind of achieved the pinnacles that, that folks who are just starting out are looking to achieve. And what we're trying to find out from them is what is it about them that has made them so successful? And Larry, I'm going to ask you a question that, that I've wanted to ask every x-factor uh interview that i've done so far and that is how does it make you feel when i say you have reached the pinnacle of your business do you feel like oh yeah i have or do you feel like oh my god no i've got so much further to go well you know what it's kind of funny you say that in certain circles i feel like wow you know these people have a long way to go i've been doing this 30 years but in other circles like in some masterminds that we're in together I feel like I got a long ways to go myself, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think I think I think people picture that at some point in their lives and their real estate businesses, they're going to think I've got it, I've mastered it all. My business is a smoothly running machine. <laughs> Nothing will ever go wrong. And most of the folks that I that I talk to who are successful investors say, uh, yeah, I, I wish that day would come. I guess that day will probably come when I retire. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, I think in real estate, you go through, and in any business, really, you go through seasons, and the ones, the ones that, you know, have been in the business for a long, long time, they're the ones that have stood the different seasons, or as in real estate, market cycles, right? Mm-hmm. And you see people come in business and go out of business. It's easy to make a lot of money when the market is right. Wouldn't you agree? Uh-huh, uh-huh. But then you gotta, you've got to have that staying power to be able to adjust and, 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 and focus and move in the right direction. Well, let me let me ask you another question because you know you say it's really easy to make money when the market's right. Um, didn't you make more money when the market was down than you did when it was incredibly crazy? I mean, is it is it is it really about the market or is it really about being able to be brave enough to stay in a down market? Well, and and that's true. A lot of people think you know when the market is hot, that's the time to invest. You know, you know this. When the market is hot. Everybody wants to be an investor, and there's a lot of competition, and it's harder to get deals, and some people are paying too much for deals, and then you have to, uh, you, you have to pay too much for them as well, or not pay too much, but you have to use other means to search for and find and get more deals. When the market's down, nobody wants to be an investor, but that's the best time for somebody who knows what they're doing to pick up not deals, but steals, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just uh, literally before we got on the show, I was text- texting somebody about a property that I bought got back during the downturn that I paid pennies for. I mean, it was and and I wasn't sure that I had paid the right price, you know, because when when you're in a downturn and prices are falling, 
you never quite know if I'm at the bottom or not, right? So the good exactly. news the good news was, you know, it was a profitable rental and now I am contemplating selling it for three times what I paid for it ten years ago. And I, I didn't do a major rehab on it. I didn't it's just the market has lifted the value of that property and those deals were super easy to find ten years ago. And they're still out there, but now you as you said, the work is in finding them. That's true. That's what we get paid for is for, you know, doing the marketing. I mean, listen, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? It's not easy. Every day you have to make a decision to stay in the business or get out of the business. It's not easy. It requires a lot of effort. A lot of people think, you know, real estate is get rich quick. It's not. It's not. It is get rich, but but it's not get rich quick, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. And and thank you for your honesty in that because uh, you you are actually the first person that I've interviewed in this that was also a national speaker, also somebody who sold real estate education. And I got to tell you, too, there's too much of a message out there amongst people who do sell education that it is easy anyone can do it it's turnkey it's you know it, it can be done for you there's all you have to do is hang bandit signs and people are going to shove deeds under your door you know and, <laughs> well, and i think i mean honestly i think that message is hurting our industry because it it's attracting people yeah. who think who it's attracting people who don't want to do work and if you don't want to do work you're not going to make it in the real estate business. And, you know, I'm, I'm really glad to hear you say it does require work and a decision every day. Well, you know, I'll never tell somebody it's easy. You know, I have created a lot of tools and strategies and techniques to make it simple or simpler, but I'll never tell anybody it's easy. It's not easy. Heck, life is not easy. If life were easy, Everybody would be skinny, happy, and rich, and that's just not true, is it? <laughs> and healthy. Don't forget healthy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so Larry, before you, I mean, you've been in this business for a really long time. Did you actually have a job before? Like, did you do anything before you got into real estate? You know what, Zena? I have. I have. I used to be a stockbroker years ago, back in the eighties, and uh, I was a stockbroker for about a year or two, something like that. I was actually selling penny stocks. I learned a lot about sales techniques. I mean, we've all seen, you know, Wolf of Wall Street and some of those other shows, and they show you, they teach you how to sell, and that's what it was about, was about selling. And once I realized what we were doing, I'm like, I can't sell this stuff anymore, right? Mm -hmm. So I had done that, but, you know, all my life growing up from when I was a little kid, I mean, I used to do. I used to go to the flea market and sell stuff. I'd have to get my dad to take me to the flea market because I'd set up a vendor table and sell stuff. And then when I was really young, I started. When I was a teenager, I started learning how to paint cars, and I would paint cars and get paid for it. And then I remember buying a Corvette. I was 20 years old. I bought a 1968 Corvette. It was blue, and I said, "I'm going to paint this thing red." And uh, I'd never painted a car in my life before that one, right? That's kind of what helped me get into the body shop business for a while. But never painted a car before in my life, but I I learned from a guy. He taught me. He mentored me. He showed me what to do, and I did it, and I was putting the bumpers back on that car in my driveway at home. And remember, I'm 20 years old, okay? And my neighbor came down and offered me twice of what I had in the car, Vina, I never drove that car again. I was afraid I would wreck it and never see the money. (laughs) (laughs) 
so you've you've kind of had the 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 trading thing in your blood sounds like since you were a little kid yeah i think so i think so i think there's some things that are learned but there's also other things that are just like ingrained in you you know and 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 yeah there's some things that that's a product of environment and other things that are just it's just who you are mm-hmm. do you think that somebody has to be a natural salesman in order to be successful in real estate? You know, I heard Zig Ziglar say one time, nobody was ever born a, per, a top sales pro, right? It's a learned skill. And and some people say, I'm just not good at sales. I'm not good at sales. Listen, you got to learn sales in all aspects of your life. You know, if you want to get good at sales, have some kids. They're <laughs> selling you all day long, right? <laughs> Mhm. Mhm. So what does your day look like these days? You you have so many irons in the fire. What does a typical day in Larry world look like? Wow, great great question. So, um a, a typical day would be we come in the office in the, and, and there's two kinds of business. There's an enterprise business and a lifestyle business. I have an enterprise business where we have an office with with staff and you know we everybody comes in and we work in the office there's an enterprise business where you know some people just want to work using virtual assistants and on a laptop at starbucks starbucks that's that's a lifestyle business that's not what we have so we do come into the office every morning at 9 a.m we do some kind of training it might be me reading from you know i call it the book of second opinions and it's basically it's kind of a play on chapters of the Bible, but it's really just notes from from seminars and, and books I've read and stuff like that that I wrote down in a journal. You know, and it might be motivation, it might be personal development, it might be sales-oriented, but I read from that a few minutes, and then we have a, a short devotion, and, and then everybody goes about the, their day, right? Mm-hmm. And then I also get caught up in the whirlwind. Now, the whirlwind is just the day-to-day stuff, handling problems answering emails, answering phone calls, calling people that I have to, setting appointments, being in meetings, all that's the whirlwind. But what I try to do is spend at least a third of my day on one or two specific things that I need to focus on. And, and, and Vina, you know this, you and I are in a, in a mastermind together, and you know I have a lot of problems staying focused. You know, that's that's been some topics of some of those conversations. So I am trying my best to learn better, to, to be better, and to stay focused and be able to focus on one or two things. I read a book recently called The Four Disciplines of Execution, mm-hmm. and really, really good book. And it talks about, it, it uses this one little metaphor, land one plane at a time. And I'm like, wow. You know, that that's kind of a light bulb went off, you know, mm-hmm. land one plane at a time, do it, get it done, and then move on to the next thing. So that's what I've been trying to do. But, you know, we, we look at properties throughout the day. We talk about properties. We have uh, Monday is our meeting day. And then, you know, I'm dealing with the whirlwind stuff. But then I try to focus on on my one thing, you know, or one or two things outside of the whirlwind every day. 
Mm-hmm. And that book that Larry mentioned again is called Four Disciplines of Execution. I know I'm going to get 15 emails about what was that book? What was that book? It's called Four Disciplines of Execution. <laughs> the authors are Covey. This isn't. This is Stephen's son. This is Stephen Covey's son. And right. Chesney, and you, it's available, of course, on Amazon.com. And if you're going to order it on Amazon.com, please do that by going to wmkvfm.org. There's an Amazon button up in the upper right-hand corner. You click that, and then you pay the same price for the book, but the radio station gets a little bit of money. So whenever we mention a book on here, we encourage people to order it through the wmkvfm.org website. And uh, that book is a very interesting uh, book for folks who are in small businesses who have the problem that, let's face it, you and I both have, uh, which is the inability, it's not the inability to focus, it's the inability to focus on the stuff that's going to move the needle. As opposed right, to, right. as opposed to you know, Candace running into your office and saying, "Oh my God, the deal's falling apart on one two three Easy Street. The title search is bad, and the buyer's ma- the buyer's mad because he's already deposited his money. What do we do?" Right? That's the whirlwind. As opposed to creating a system for how Candace can deal with that herself, <laughs> which would be right. exactly <laughs> which would be yeah. Michael Gerber calls it working in the business versus working on the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, very true. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to answer some questions from listeners that have come in via our uh, email at askvina at gmail.com. We'll also take your calls if you have any questions for Larry Goins, 877-772-9658. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Larry Goins. This is one of our X-Factor Investor interviews where we're talking less about like the real estate strategies and more about the business strategies, the things that uh, make folks who get to that top of the pyramid able to get to the top of the pyramid. And uh, it's interesting, this is the fifth month that we've done this and each guest has really had different things that they have, they have said have been um, their their biggest influencers in terms of their success. Now, Larry, you mentioned your kind of natural wheeling, dealing, selling, like you, like you just like to do that. And of course it fits well with real estate. Are there any other habits that you've, that you, that you think have, have really helped you to succeed? Well, I think it's really just a burning desire to, to want to be successful. I mean, I, you know, Vina, I'm, I've never been to college as you as you know, I don't have a college degree. My wife has three degrees, okay, and she's a stay-at-home mom and does hard money lending, right? <laughs> but but I don't have a college degree, but I am a firm believer in education. I mean, if you would see my library, I guarantee you, I have spent more than a Harvard and Yale graduate put together. In fact, I was somewhere the other day, and we looked up to see what what does a year of Harvard cost or a year of Yale cost? And it was like one of them was like 43 to something and another one 49 to something. I spend more than that every year still. We've already spent over $50,000 on our own education for for myself and our company just this year. And um, so I am a firm believer in education. I'm just not, you know, I personally am not a person that can – can, uh, you know, sit in a classroom all day and take tests and be graded and all that. I just want the information and go out and apply it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to do. 
I just want to find out the information I need, get it, go out and apply it, and then see some results from it. So that, that's uh, what I like to do. A love of learning, a uh, willingness to, because a lot of people just learn and then it just sort of sits there in their brain. <laughs> they, they don't ever go out and implement. So uh, a willingness to implement. And you said a burning desire to, uh, to, to, uh, to succeed, to be successful. Where do you think that came from? You know, I, I don't really know. I mean, I grew up, we, we weren't, you know, dirt poor or anything, but we weren't wealthy either, you know, and I grew up, you know, kind of in the country and where, where, you know, you used to hunt and fish and drive a pickup truck and stuff like that. I mean, I guess if you really got down to it, I'm, you'd probably say I'm a redneck, right? <laughs> but, you know, but I always have had a burning desire to be different, to, to be successful. And if I see something I want, I want to be able to go out and get it. I want to be able to help others as well. Um, you know, we have been blessed and we have been able to help a lot of different people, you know, with, with things that they need. So I have been blessed in that sense because there comes a time, Vina, and, and I know you know this as well, when, you know, it's not necessarily just about the money anymore. You know, you want to try to make a difference in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very true. So with all of that, I mean, because you almost have all of the characteristics that I think most people want, like, 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 like they, they, they think, they think if I'm going to be successful in real estate, I need to be good at sales. I need to be good at learning. I need to be out there implementing. I need to be, uh, you know, have that, have that ambition. Are there any habits that you wish you had that you think you would be more successful if you had them that you have not been able to develop? Um, Probably being more detail-oriented. I'm a very good uh, visionary idea guy. I, I, I start a lot of things, but, you know, 30 minutes into it, I'm off to, on the next idea, right? <laughs> That's why it's very important to have, you know, somebody that is, you know, what we call an integrator that can help see those visions through to fruition because I do have a lot of ideas, and we'll be going – down one path, and then I'll, I'll all of a sudden say, well, wait a minute, I want to go over here now. Mm-hmm. I guess I get bored easy or something. I don't <laughs> know. But that's why you need people to keep you grounded and, you know, to, to, to help you stay on track. Mm-hmm. And to make up for your weaknesses, because I'm, I'm amazed that you are still trying to become more detail-oriented, because I gave up a long time ago. It's just not, <laughs> It's just... <laughs> It's just not in my, it's just not in my makeup somehow. And the more I try to pay attention to all little details, the more miserable I get. So what I have instead is a bunch of super detail oriented ladies who work for me and keep me on track. And also when I, when I, that, that thing you described where you're like, oh, hey, we should do this. And then 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, wait, no, this other thing. I call that throwing the balls in the air. And... (laughs) Their job is to catch the ones that are appropriate and to drop the ones that aren't <laughs> because, let's face it, <laughs> visionaries have, have 10 ideas a day that they think are spectacular and really one of them is. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know you know Candace very well. She is my integrator, and, and, and that term is from a book um, uh, called Traction. You may have talked about it on your show before, and that's kind of how we run our book is based on that or our business is based on that book, Traction, and it's all about 
every every business has a visionary and an integrator, right? Mm-hmm. The visionary is like Walt Disney, right? The integrator was Roy, his brother, right? Who who was the detail guy, or like Steve Jobs, he was the visionary for Apple, and Wozniak was the integrator who kind of saw things through and, and made things happen and was the detail person. And that's kind of how we try to run our business. And Candace came up with a really good, uh, I'll just call it a line, a really good line the other day. She said, when you try to do seven things at once, you can only do one, juggle. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that's good. She should copyright yeah, that. Yeah, I liked it too. That's I told really her, I said, good. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> And again, that book, which has, in fact, been mentioned two other times by X Factor investors, which I don't know, maybe that should maybe that should tell listeners something that lots of folks are um, sort of trying to run their business according to this thing called the Entrepreneurial Operating System EOS that is laid out in a book called Traction by Gino Wickman. Uh, don't get there's two there's actually two books out called Traction, and one of them is about Internet marketing. This is not that one. Uh, it's by Gina Wickman and again, WMKVFM.org to get yourself uh, a copy of it and get the station a little bit of money. So Larry, tell me um, in, in on the real estate side of your business, as opposed to the training side, uh, where is most of your focus going right now? Is it is it more into the wholesaling, the hard money lending, the lease options, the uh, repair for equity deals? Like, what, what are you excited about right now? Well, right now what we're doing is we're scaling and growing our wholesaling business. And, and I have done t- deals in 12 different states from my office here in Lake Wiley, South Carolina. But, uh, but and, I, and I've done a lot of lease options and seller financing. But the way the market is right now, um, we're focusing on wholesaling. We're buying and selling. You know, you buy low, sell low, pass it along to a, a landlord or a fix-and-flip investor or an owner-occupied buyer that's paying cash and just wants a good deal, right? Uh-huh. So that's what we're focusing on right now. And because the market is so tight right now, meaning there's a lot of competition and it's the seller's market, we're actually, you know, doing direct mail again. We're doing pay-per-click advertising, meaning Facebook ads and Google AdWords, online marketing, and, um, and putting out bandit signs again. So we're doing a lot of that. I mean, for a while, all I really had to do was HUD houses and uh, MLS deals. But there's a lot fewer of those than there was a few years ago. So now we're having to do some other marketing. So right now what we're doing is we're just building up a war chest, building up you know, some cash so when the market turns again, then, like you mentioned in one of the previous segments, then you can go in and get properties at a deep, deep, deep discount again when the market turns down and we'll have the cash to be able to go do that and be able to get much better returns on our money. One of the things that, one of the few things I've got to say that I haven't heard you say that you've done a lot of in your business is is retailing, buying, fixing, and selling. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, I hate rehabs. Hate them. I hate rehabs. Don't want to do it again, ever. You can't make me. You can't make me. <laughs> I, I don't want to do them. I, uh, I, you know, listen. You, you know this. Uh, you know, if you do enough real estate, you're going to lose money. Seems like the only deals I lose money on are rehabs, and I've lost as much as seventy-five thousand dollars on a rehab before. And I would rather just 
make a quick five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars and move on and own the house for thirty minutes instead of thirty days or three months. Larry, I swear we we could be twins. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I, I what I always tell people about rehabs is they make a lot of people a lot of money, especially in the market right now. If you, I mean, if you can find a good deal, fix it up right, it sells in one day for more than you're asking for it. Right. I'm not going to do that though. <laughs> <laughs> because no, the, me either. Me either. The whole process just like every. I think it's here. Here's what I think it is, Larry. I don't think it's a good business for people who aren't detail oriented. That's really good. And plus, for new investors, you know, there's a lot of lot of people. You know, seminar companies and stuff teaching people to do fix and flips. You know, you got to know how to deal with the contractors. I heard somebody say one time, and listen, I'm a licensed general contractor. But I heard somebody ask me one time, I was complaining about a fix and flip years ago. They said, Larry, let me just say one thing to you. What's the first three letters in contractor? <laughs> <laughs> and yet there's tons of people making tons of money in that business. So it's one of the things that has been interesting about doing these um, interviews that are more just about people's thoughts and habits and philosophies has been how completely different uh, people can be and still be super successful in this business. I mean, the last interview I did was with Missy McCall Hammonds, who does nothing but buy and rehab houses, and she does like 15 a month. Wow. Which sounds which sounds like a nightmare to me. You know, I'm like, oh my gosh. Better her than me. I know. How many contractors, how much hard money do you need for that? But she's doing great. I mean, she's she's selling them like crazy. It's 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 an awesome business for her, but... I think the important lesson here for listeners is there's going to be something in real estate that both makes you money and that you love and don't do something that makes you money and that you hate. Like why, why would you, why would you quit your job to go do something you don't like? That's so true. That is so true. You know, I, I read a book a while back called unique ability. I believe it's by Dan Sullivan. And, um, but the book helps you to be able to discover what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what do you love to do, what do you like to do, and what do you hate to do, right? And then by going through these exercises in the book, you can determine, wow, yeah, I am good at this. Well, I do like this. I do love this. No, I don't like that. So what you want to do is surround yourself with people who are good at what you don't like and that you're not good at, and then you do what you do like and are good at or you love and are good at, and then that way, you know, you'll stay in business for a long time because it won't get boring to you and you won't hate doing it and starting over every day, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's go to the uh, Internet here and answer uh, questions from a couple of listeners who have sent them in at askvina at gmail.com. Uh, first question we have is from Robert in Covington, Kentucky. Robert says... At what point does Larry think the market might turn, and what will he turn to doing when it does? <laughs> That's a great question. Well, you know, first of all, I don't have a crystal ball, okay? Uh, I have been through several downturns and rebounds, okay? You know, I've been through, been through a lot of that. And if I had a crystal ball... You know, I'd be able to sell that information for millions of dollars, but I don't. <laughs> but why but would here's you? What I do know. <laughs> exactly. Why wouldn't you just? Why didn't? Why don't you just short the entire real estate market all by yourself? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But here's what I do know. Okay, trees don't grow to the sky. 
right? There is a top. We don't know where it is. So just make sure that you put yourself in a position so you're never paying too much for a property. You know, I mean, a lot of people, when the market gets hot, they want to go buy stuff like in California or Phoenix or Orlando or, or in te- parts of Texas, and, and they're buying properties at, at retail or close to retail looking for appreciation. Guys, that's not investing. That's speculating, okay? If I'm always and, – and listen, I'm a firm believer. If you're not embarrassed by your offer, it's too high. <laughs> it's not unusual for us to offer 50 40 even 30% of list price. But guess what? If you don't offer, they're never going to say yes, right? So as long as I'm buying below the market, I could always, even if the market turned really quick, I could always turn around and sell that property and get rid of it and not get stuck with the property. But if you're buying a property in some of these hot markets, I call them growth markets, and and you're paying retail looking for appreciation, you know, there's going to be a downturn and you're going to get hurt. But as long as you always buy value, and get a discount on it. Now, you're not going to get all of them. I mean, we might have to make anywhere from 50 to 200 offers to get a deal. But when I get a deal, it's not a deal. It's a steal. Mm-hmm. I can turn around and sell it and make money just like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Um... I think I might be getting a break signal. Yes, I am. So we're going to take one more quick break. If you have any questions for Larry Goins, and I mean, you can see nothing's out of bounds today. We're just we're talking about like what is it that makes these successful inve- investors tick? You can send it via email to askvina at gmail dot com. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I am your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Larry Goins, and I hope you guys are having as good a time listening to this interview as I am having giving it. I I love these uh, discussions with successful investors about um, just more more what what they think about and do versus the stuff that we can all learn in books and in courses and boot camps and off the internet, you know, it's the, 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 the information about how to do real estate is very easy to get, especially if you're willing to pay a little bit of money for it. The information about how do I keep myself on track and my business on track to continually be successful in the real estate business. That's not so easy to get. You don't see so much of that. So I really appreciate you, Larry, and all of the X factor guests for being willing to share this information I have a question here from JC in Las Vegas. He says, uh, Larry has mentioned a mastermind group several times. I'm very interested in finding, creating, or joining a mastermind group. Can you give me any tips in in that regard? Um, Yeah, I I will be glad to. Here's the thing about masterminds, okay? Masterminds are awesome, okay? Now, if if you've never been in a mastermind or you're just getting started in real estate, you're probably going to start your own, right? You're going to start your own or you're going to find a local group, maybe even a meetup group, okay? If you're brand new, maybe a meetup group or a local RIA, you know, a local real estate investors association like you have, Vina. And then there's even people, I'm sure you probably have little subgroups and stuff like that, which is, you know, it's a good form of a mastermind. Now, please don't take this the wrong way, and I don't mean mean it by by you mean anything by this, but when you get to the level that Vina and I are, I mean, we're in groups of masterminds where you got to be doing 50 or 100 deals a year just to be in the mastermind, and then we also pay for it. Like, I'm in one mastermind that's $25,000 a year, and, you know, we're in another one that's ten grand plus $1,000 a month, 
And but but the cool thing about a mastermind like that, when you get to that level, is you're learning stuff from other people who are already successful, and everybody is still trying to number one take the business to the next level, but also create a better quality of life for themselves and their families and make a difference in the world. So I would say start at your local real estate investors association. If there's not one, start one, you know, or a local meetup if there's not one nearby. And, you know, and maybe there's other investors in the area or other people who are wanting to be investors. Just start meeting at Starbucks, you know, once a week or whatever and start masterminding and talk about and planning. It also helps you to keep on track and it helps you to hold each other accountable because that is a big part of a mastermind is you have people that you you get to know, you like, and you trust, and you put yourself out there and make yourself vulnerable, and then people are going to push you and encourage you to meet your goals, whether it's doing your first deal in 90 days or whether it's getting up to 200 houses because you right now you're doing 150 houses mm-hmm. or whether it's starting an orphanage in Kenya. They're going to help you to be able to do that. Would you agree, Vina? I would, and I think uh, I think a, a basic misunderstanding that people often have about masterminds is that it's some sort of an information sharing group. Like we're going to get together and we're going to talk about how to appraise properties, right? And that's that's not a mastermind. That's a RIA group. That's a seminar. That's a workshop. The purpose of a mastermind group is to be able to be pushed. It's, if you're not in a mastermind group where people are willing and able to call you on your BS when you show up. So I'm going to assume JC here is a, an intermediate investor since we hear from him a lot. Um, maybe he's trying to get from, from 10 deals a year to 20 deals a year. If he comes into his mastermind and commits to doing three deals next month and he comes next month and says, well, I didn't do my three deals because, you know, I got busy. Somebody in that mastermind should say, whoa. <laughs> we're all always busy. Uh, that's that's you know that's an excuse. Yeah, the, the 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 purpose of the mastermind is to get the accountability that we don't get as small business owners from ourselves. Like we have a hard time holding ourselves accountable. So so getting other people who are willing and able to hold you accountable is is the really uh, it's it's intense. <laughs> if you if you don't want to be held accountable, you shouldn't join a mastermind group. But also, as, as Larry said, JC, you want to be in a group with people who are at your level. You, you don't, don't get in a group with a bunch of newbies if you're an intermediate person because it will become a picking JC's brain group. And, right. and if, you're, if you're doing 20 deals a year, don't get into one with people who are doing 200 deals a year because then you'll just feel like, well, I don't belong here. So mastermind groups are supposed to be people on the same level. But thank you very much for your question again, JC. So, Larry, let's um, let's talk about you've got so much going on. Do you have any special way that you keep track of your day? Do you use a planner? How do you how do you know what you're supposed to be doing from minute to minute? Well, number one, Candace runs my calendar. I, I don't even I don't put things on my calendar. Candace does. If somebody wants to get to me they got to go through candace to get to me and and put something on my calendar and i do travel and and speak at different groups around the country so i am traveling quite a bit but uh we do run our business off of eos as we mentioned about traction earlier so we do have 
you know, we have a weekly scorecard about how many offers we want to make, you know, how many HUD offers, how many MLS offers, marketing we're putting out, how many properties we want under contract a week, you know, how many counters we want to get a week and all that stuff. That's kind of a scorecard or some people call it KPIs, Mm -hmm. key performance indicators. You know, we have that. And then Monday is our meeting day. On Monday, we, we meet all day long on Mondays. Our first meeting is with, uh, is with operations, and, and this is like our real estate and our education side. And then we meet with, um, then we meet with marketing, and then we meet with, uh, with accounting, then we meet with sales, then we meet with acquisitions, and then we have a leadership meeting, and we're done for the day about 4 o'clock. But it's an all-day-long thing, and that way nobody can blend into the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Nobody can hide you know, where we don't know what they're doing. Either they did what they said they were going to do or they didn't, and we need to talk about why and see what we need to do to, uh, you know, to, to, to get them back on track. And it's all about having the right people in the right seats. And when you start running your business like a business instead of a hobby, nobody can hide behind what they're doing. And they either get results or they get out. And it's that simple. And our business is like a family. Now, business is not a family. You got to, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I want to work somewhere where it's like a family. Well, ours is probably as close as you can get, but it's not a family. Because if your kids come to work with you, you can fire them from your job, but you can't fire them from being your kids, Mm -hmm. right? So that's a family. You can't fire your kids from being your kids. So you can fire somebody that works for you, and you never talk to them again. Mm -hmm. So... You know, it's more of a team spirit, and and it's it's as close as a family as you can probably get. You know, being in business, but you got to realize a business is not family, and you got to make tough decisions for the betterment of the company sometimes, right? Uh huh. Uh huh. Very good advice, Larry. I, I I really feel like we could do an entire other show with all of the all of the additional <laughs> questions that I would like to ask you about. Um, you know, just some of your some of your habits and skills and things like that. But unfortunately we are out of time. Um, Really appreciate you. Glad to, glad to, glad to hear that despite the fact that you are an awesome speaker and an awesome uh, real estate educator, that you are also a real human being with a real business with real problems. So thank you very much for being uh, with me today. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Happy investing.